0: Hotel History is created for adult audiences. Content may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. You're listening to Hotel History. We take you with us through the sordid history and scandals of some of the world's most famous and infamous hotels. I'm Dietta. And I'm Yael. Let's get started. We have a short and kind of spooky episode... Today, we are going to Sleepy Hollow.
1: That's a real place in New York, in the Hudson Valley, if anyone is wondering. It's not just the movie.
0: For those who might only know about the movie or the cartoon and not the actual story, it was written by Washington Irving. So when I read the story when I was younger, I thought that he had just made up a cool place name did not know it was real.
1: I know it sounds fake. It does, but it's a real place. I've been there. Um, and if anyone's in that area or visiting New York city, it's like an hour train ride. It's really close Uh, or it's from even an hour car ride, but it's like on the river and it has, uh, it's just a cute little town with all these old Victorian homes, very sweet people. Like you can go and take a tour of their cemetery that, they know what they're about, so you want to go during Halloween. They have like jack o' lanterns and everything. Um, it's really cool. It's it's really beautiful. I I want to go back and experience it the experience it properly because I didn't get to do the full on yeah, cemetery I tour. Go.
0: It sounds so great. So mm-hmm. Washington Irving actually moved to. Nearby Terrytown from New York in 1798 to flee a yellow fever outbreak, so he spent a lot of time there, like to hang out, heard a lot of ghost stories and folk tales, and so he blended a lot of that into his stories. The most famous, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which uh, was published in 1820, and he kind of would blend real people and places with the fantasy elements. So he based some of his characters on people who really lived there. Oh, I
1: didn't know that the place had such a spooky background before him, but that's, that's interesting.
0: Did, who did he base the Headless Horseman after? The Headless Horseman. <laughs> what do you mean? So, There's a real Headless Horseman? Yeah, there was the, it's supposed to be the ghost of a Hessian soldier hurrying back to the churchyard and uh, he's people are supposed to encounter him around midnight. I think he's supposed to have gotten his head like blown off by a cannonball or something like that. Ouch! Yeah, yeah that's a bad. I can't way remember to do the, it. the whole thing, but the the movie Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci, they took a lot of that element of the original story that it's supposed to be based on t- for their plot. So he heard stories like Hulda the Witch. And the woman of the cliffs who is seen on top of the rocks when a storm is rising. Uh, Apparently, people heard strange cries at night around the great tree where British intelligence officer Captain John Andre was captured. The tree doesn't exist anymore. It got (gasps) struck down by lightning. Oh!
1: That's even spookier. Yeah, it really is. (laughs)
0: It's a a great ending to a haunted tree. Yeah. (laughs) And then there is a wooden bridge where the Headless Horseman is supposed to pass along the hollow. So I think the bridge that they have marked as the Headless Horseman bridge in Sleepy Hollow is not the real one. I don't think the real one exists anymore. Probably not. So they just set it up on a bridge that they still have.
1: It's been a couple hundred years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That bridge, bridge is probably long gone, and they just keep the tale. Washington Irving, did he, okay, he wrote that story about the man who slept for 100 years or something.
0: Rip Van Winkle?
1: Rip Van Winkle! In seventh grade, I had this teacher. Thank you, uh, Mrs. Zand, my seventh grade teacher, for <laughs> giving us these stories with um, Washington Irving in them. She was our English teacher, and uh, she gave us the story of, I believe... Uh riff Van we um, the Telltale Heart oh, from yeah. Edgar Allan Poe, and the Monkey's Paw. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think I ever finished it, but I remember. <gasps> it.
1: Oh, I don't remember. I think I blocked out the end, but it was really, really creepy. And I don't know if. I just remember reading these stories and I'm like, I can't believe we get to read them. They're so cool. And it was like around fall time. I don't know if she did that on purpose. That was very, uh, very not kosher of her. (laughs) But she was an English teacher. So that's a great way to get people and kids to read, guys. Choose interesting stories. It's so true. Stop with the boring stories.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We need a little drama when you're that age to get you interested. So Irving wrote of the area, quote, The whole neighborhood abounds with local tales, haunted spots, and twilight superstitions. Stars shoot and meteors glare oftener across the valley than in any other part of the country. And the nightmare with her whole ninefold seems to make it the favorite scene of her gambles.
1: Is that about
0: the witch or just the area? Just the area. Oh, okay, because
1: when he says her.
0: That yeah, that was his view of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. So we're gonna start with the Florence Inn, which was built in 1819 and was a rambling old house that served for most of its existence as a popular inn in Terrytown. It was known first as the Franklin House and later as the Vincent House, Florence Inn, and finally Hotel Florence.
1: Washington Irving loved to sit on the elm shade veranda with a mug of summer ale or in the winter and warm himself with a jigger of rum beside the hearth. That sounds like poetry.
0: Yeah, it really does. The
1: jigger of rum beside the hearth. So so Washington Irving would hang out here.
0: Yeah, that was his spot. And that sounds really nice.
1: I want to hang out at the elm shaded veranda. I know with a mug so of great. summer
0: ale <laughs> I know. they really They really had great um I feel like their relaxation time was probably a lot more relaxing back then because they had nothing that we have now constantly dinging and grabbing us and distracting us.
1: yeah, that's why I like spas, yeah. They just, you can't, you're not supposed to take your phone in and it's just so nice. Irving was quite a
0: terrier. What does that mean? <laughs> Somebody who uh, takes a long time, like is kind of slow moving. Like if you're tarrying, you're not in a hurry. Oh, that's me. Yeah. And it's the, the name not. of the town was Terry town. So <laughs> ah,
1: <laughs> how appropriate. I guess everyone was a terrier. Yeah.
0: But, uh, not the w- dog. <laughs> this is T-A, I, T A, not T-E. Am I saying it right? Terrier. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, no. it just sounds like the same. It's one of those words that yes. sound the same. Uh, he would often make his driver wait for hours to take him home. <laughs> just be hanging out there. <laughs> but I mean, if you're getting paid, why not? Yeah. You know?
0: Some famous guests besides Irving at the Florence include President Martin Van Buren, who often stopped while in transit from his home in upstate Kinderhook.
1: That's a real place. It's a real place. Also, oh, we had a president named Martin Van Buren. Yes. <laughs> he wasn't a famous one. Okay.
0: Uh, so when he was in transit from his home to Washington, D.C., he would stay there. Another president, Woodrow Wilson, lodged there. I know that one. Go, okay, good. <laughs> Just, he is a famous one uh he stayed there while giving a series of lectures president and mrs rutherford b hayes spent several evenings there in didn't know o- about that one october 1882 <laughs> <laughs> wow. i i don't know what all of them did during their presidencies but i do at least recognize their names
1: did you have to memorize your presidents in school no okay then you're just smarter than me
0: because nice. we didn't have
1: to memorize the presidents <laughs> So that's why I don't know. There's like a chunk of time where I'm like, we had uh, Lincoln, right? And uh, I don't know who else. And <laughs> like- then we skipped to the <laughs> 20th century and I know all those for us. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've, yeah. There's, there's so many.
1: I'm telling you, some of them didn't do anything. They're not written in the history books for a reason.
0: <laughs> yeah. There were some that, that had lackluster yeah. presidencies. So that's not our fault. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. You've heard of him? I know that okay. one. Even if you hadn't heard of him from school, I think surely from like Night at the Museum, you would know. I've heard of him. We also <laughs> did the Roosevelt Hotel. Oh,
1: that's true. <laughs> oh my God. I heard of Teddy Rose. I told you 20th century. I got it. I okay. got it. And He was 20th then, century. <laughs> what? Teddy Roosevelt wasn't 20th century.
0: What, what, what was he? 19th century.
1: Oh, he was the 1800s, not mm-hmm. the 1900s?
0: yeah
1: there was another roosevelt that's why franklin his yeah his cousin okay, but <laughs> i knew the roosevelt okay, okay, okay. fine i know like I early 19th century <laughs> and 20th century for sure and then you know the beginning george washington yeah you know the first few yeah then we, we the
0: in caps the in caps the... and then
1: and then you know they jump to abraham lincoln and that's all that matters <laughs>
0: don't disagree so Roosevelt and his Rough Riders passed through June 1899 they didn't stay there they just stopped for a midday meal and then president my gosh all the presidents William Howard (laughs) William (laughs) William Howard Taft and Franklin Roosevelt my guy (laughs) dined at the Florence (laughs) as did actresses Billy Burke and Alice Brady And Alice Brady is actually buried in the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Hmm. Who's Billy Burke and Alice Brady? (laughs) Actresses. Oh, from what era? I don't know. From sometime between 1819 and 1964. I feel like Billy Burke sounds familiar. Billy Burke does sound familiar. Mary William Ethelbert Appleton Burke. Was an American actress who was famous on Broadway and radio okay. and in silent and sound films. She, oh, oh, I do know who this is. She is best known to modern audiences as Glinda the Good Witch of the North in oh. The Wizard of Oz. Okay, well now I feel really bad that I, I should have known her name. I no, loved okay. her. Okay, you didn't know who gl- Glinda, when I was a kid. Linda, Linda, the
1: Good Witch was from
0: <laughs> nineteen thirty. I, when I nine. was ten, yeah. yeah. Okay, and Alice brady alice brady was an american actress who began her career in the silent film era and survived the transition into talkies she worked until six months before her death from cancer in 1939 okay okay is she famous for anything we would know uh a gentleman of leisure the balkan princess uh, appeared with John Barrymore in A Thief for a Night. She ain't that famous. <laughs> I, guess I guess at the time she was.
1: Yeah, I guess there were like three actors. But yeah. <laughs> <that were laughs> it was uh th- yeah. before the talkies.
0: Yeah. I mean, she did work. She was in a lot of stuff. So she was definitely a working actress, but just kind of B-level. Okay. But they're proud. They're proud they're that proud. she yeah. stayed there.
1: Along with uh, President Taft. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and oh, and Mark Twain would uh, stop in because he owned an estate nearby for a little while. He stayed. Did he
1: live in that area for a while, like Connecticut and stuff? Yeah. But he's from the South, right? I think so. Because he his whole thing, Huckaberry Finn and yeah, he wrote about the
0: South a lot.
1: You would think he's from there. he had like an accent i just um, imagine mark twain sounding like he was from louisiana i
0: definitely do too uh he was uh he was born in missouri and died in connecticut ah okay i was right about that one so yeah
1: i also had to read his books and stories in school i think one of those other stories in that collection of stories it was like a book about a frog he wrote a book he wrote a not a book, a story about a frog or something. It was supposed to be, I don't know. I want to I would reread his work cuz yeah. I feel like I'd appreciate it now more than I did as a kid. I, everything probably just flew right over my head. I'm like, "Eh.
0: Yeah. When is this book over? <laughs> when do I have to do the book report?" The Florence Inn unfortunately closed in 1955 and was abandoned, so they demolished it in 1964. So, you cannot still go oh. stay where Washington Irving shot jiggers of oh rum, my. unfortunately, that's
1: wait a second, I'm so disappointed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, but there are photos of it, so we'll okay. we'll put some up on our insta. They
1: took a while to demolish it. I wonder who, what is there or what replaces it now, like what's
0: I think it was it's just like an office building or something, <sighs> yeah, I, I think there were some moves to like try to save it because it was a historical building, but nothing ever got going strong enough but we have one more hotel for you in the sleepy hollow area
1: it's called the castle hotel i'm already excited
0: for this one
1: a hotel that's a castle
0: yeah is it a castle? It, it does look, look okay. like a castle.
1: It's a castle, hotel, and spa, and it's perched majestically on top of one of the highest points in the region overlooking the historic Hudson River in the lower Hudson Valley of Westchester County, New York. I have something to say about the Hudson River. It's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a clean... It's not like clean river water. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of murky and mm. dark, but the area is nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> not trying to hate too much.
0: General Howard Carroll, a well-respected newspaperman, playwright, and businessman, purchased the land as a home for his growing family and called it Carroll Cliff. It was built in two stages between 1897 and 1910. And he worked closely with New York architect Henry Kilburn. Carroll actively assisted in planning the castle. He wanted it to be in a style like the Norman fortification in Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. And he was inspired by the Castle Lismore in Ireland. The finished castle had 45 rooms.
1: From the beginning, the Oak Room is a historic room on its own right. It served as the family's dining room. And legend, ha- legend has it that the room's
0: wainscoting, what, what's wainscoting? It's the um, paneling that's applied to like the bottom half of a wall to reinforce it. Was brought
1: over to Terrytown from General Carroll's house in St. Germain outside Paris. Louis the, what number is that? 14th. The 14th had presented <laughs> this house to James the Second when he fled to France after having been di- deposed in England and later James' grandson, Prince Charles Edward, Bonnie been Prince Charles. I know that from Outlander. Um, and Angus MacDonald. Representing the Scottish Highlanders plotted the unsuccessful uprising of 1745 in the British Isles to overturn the German king and restore the lineage of James II. Honestly,
0: the only reason that I included that was because I knew people would recognize it from Outlander. I know all of that from Outlander. <laughs> know, me too.
1: And I still don't know what Wayne's going <laughs> to
0: <laughs> So... <laughs> Long story short, it's rumored that the paneling along the bottom half of the wall in the oak room came from this house that Louis the 14th gave to James the 2nd and this like big meeting between the Highlanders and Prince Charles Edward happened there when they were trying to
1: was James Fraser there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was i'd like to see a yeah. like, to see a painting. picture a painting <laughs> preferably
1: without a shirt on
0: yeah. <laughs> um, i like that little bit of
1: history though i it's crazy how shows can do that yeah like now i know this part of history i normally would never <laughs> in a million years care about um or or just know about it yeah. I, now that i know i care please don't come after me <laughs>
0: During the Hudson Fulton tercentennial celebration of 1909, commemorating the 300th anniversary of Henry Hudson's discovery of the Hudson River and the 100th anniversary of Robert Fulton's first successful commercial application of the paddle steamer, I would like to note that I'm sure the indigenous Americans had discovered the Hudson River long before that.
1: I'm sure it had a different name. (laughs) I'm sure it had a different
0: name. (laughs) Um, Anyway, during this uh, tercentennial celebration, Carol, who was considered a gourmet and connoisseur of rare wines, hosted every officer from the German fleet stationed in the Hudson River region. Included among the invited guests were J.P. Morgan. You might recognize that name from J.P. Morgan Chase, the bank. Andrew Carnegie. Foreign dignitaries and ambassadors who viewed the great river regattas from the castle terrace. So it was a rich dude party.
1: It was a rich dude's party. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. Carnegie and JP yeah. J. Morgan.
0: It would be a rich dude's party even
1: today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 it would. Anytime the word regatta is involved, you know, it's rich people. Anytime
1: a tercentennial is involved. <laughs> Uh, following General Carroll's death in 1916, his widow and children, this is an interesting name, karamaya Am I saying this right? Or
0: Karamai? maybe? Or I don't know. I've never heard that name before.
1: Karamai, Arthur, and Lauren occupied the castle until 1940 when it was rented for a brief period to a local school. That is is—that is uh, the second time we've heard a school either turn into a hotel or a hotel turned into a school.
0: Yeah. I guess all the rooms.
1: <laughs> no, it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In
0: 1941, Emerson and Ruth Axe bought the castle and 64 acres of additional land for $45,000 and turned it into the headquarters of the H.W. Axe and Company, an investment counseling firm. Under their ownership, what became known as Axe Castle, not nearly as nice sounding as Carole Cliff, also was called high finance on the Hudson during world war two, the roof and 75 foot tower were partially enclosed and served as an observation post by the Terrytown civil defense to monitor air traffic in the area. I wonder if they had more than a tin hat and whatever else the just, Savoy just binoculars employees got. looking up.
1: <laughs> They're coming. Like <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that though? Like what do you, uh, I, I'm confused. Is the army involved or, or do they just send
0: some guy? Yeah. Uh, I may have just been part of the citizens war effort trying to help where they could. I don't know, but uh, if you haven't listened to our uh, second episode of the Savoy, the Savoy also would send an employee up in, onto the roof in shifts so that they could look out for aircraft during the blitz and they would, they just gave them like a tin hat. That was their protection. So I hope these guys had at least that. Oh, God.
1: I think I think they just needed to give a job to their nephew. And they're like, you take notes up there. Uh, in 1981, the town of Terrytown designated the castle a historic landmark protecting the outside structure from any alterations in the future. Between 1994 and 1996, the castle was transformed into a luxury hotel with restorations of the castle's original suites and the creation of the 24-room addition named Carol Cliff.
0: Oh, I like that they brought that back. Oh, that oh they they let go of that. I thought they always kept it. No, because the Axe company had, cha- had they everybody oh. called it Axe Castle.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, this is so much better. Yeah. yeah so they that's a landmark now. Um
0: that's good. Yeah, I'm glad they did that. In 2003, Elite Hotels bought the property for 10.9 million, and at the time it was called The Castle at Terrytown. So that's much better than Axe Castle. Yeah, I like
1: Carol Cliff. Yeah. But I, like. I guess yeah, The Castle at Terrytown that like that if you're going to Google, yeah. that would be Carol a better. Carol Cliff Google. has
0: that that nice Gaelic feel to it you feel yeah. like if you're going to ireland you would see a castle named Carrollcliffe. cliff yeah sometime around 2013 sankara hospitality group of japan bought the castle and thoroughly renovated and refurbished it but they did preserve the unique architectural elements of the castle per its historic landmark designation the
1: 1500 square foot great hall is perhaps the most spectacular meeting and event space Featuring forty foot vaulted ceilings and original gothic windows with I'm gonna mess up those words. Oh god. Heraldic.
0: Heraldic, yeah.
1: I said it right. Heraldic motifs motifs. I missed <laughs> I I said the hard word easy. <laughs> in. With heraldic motifs. Crystal chandeliers and artistic moldings encircle the entire fifteen hundred square foot carame ballroom. Ah, they de- designated the ballroom to the daughter. That is soaked in natural sunlight. Um, that's a that's such a pretty description.
0: Yeah, they and did a good job on their website.
1: <laughs> yeah, the library features rich mahogany bookcases and a dramatic panel ceiling in neoclassical style. That that sounds like a really nice place to hang out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to read it's, a book. It's pretty. It's pretty, pretty nice.
1: So it's still open. We can go and uh, hang out and book a room there. Yes or or not?
0: (laughs) Yes. So if you if you plan a trip to Sleepy Hollow, you can absolutely stay at the Castle Hotel and Spa. You cannot stay at the Florence Inn. There are lots of other um, hotels and bed and breakfasts around the area that you could also choose to stay in. Just none of them have quite the the history.
1: Yeah, and if you want to have like that spooky Halloween vibe, go to uh, well you. Before you go to Terrytown, go to Sleepy Hollow, do the tour, then go stay at this castle and hope a ghost haunts you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would just assume, even if, I think, you know, that feeling when you're home alone and it's like thundering and lightning mm-hmm. and dark and windy and you're just like, who's there? And you just freak yourself out. Yeah. That sounds like the perfect place to freak yourself out. Oh,
0: yeah, it does. Yeah. Such
1: Absolutely. good vibes. And I bet you they'll like pay someone who just make noise in the hallway. <laughs> To freak out guests, you're like, Ooh. "Oh,
0: that would be fun! <laughs> I want that job." <laughs> Is anyone hiring? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hotel History. You can follow us on most social media platforms, Patreon, and Substack by searching for Hotel History or Hotel History Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can reach more listeners.